You have now entered the lab. Elvis Escobar, Fort Tama, episode 48. We do have a guest on this podcast that we'll get to momentarily. But as we always start this up, uh, this episode or every episode, what's going on, Fort Tama? Watching this game. My, uh, my first four field goal bet got, got cooked, but hey, it's okay. It did. I just seen that. <laughs> Sorry. I got Isaiah Likely in one of my fantasy leagues, so pick up of the week right there. I just got home from the gym, man. Good weekend. Can't complain. I'm, I'm chilling, bro. Chilling. Re- ready for this episode. Long time coming. I'm, I'm hyped, bro. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the guests that we have entering the lab. Uh, not only I'm from a hoops. Shots deep. Yeah, not only from a hoops uh, standpoint, but from a, a creator content and, uh, you know, all the extracurriculars. I'm actually interested to see. Uh, what he has to say about all the, um, you know, off the court stuff as much as the on the court. So we haven't talked, we haven't had a major episode where we really went and dove into uh, NBA and hoops, um, but this episode we definitely will. So you could go ahead and, and I'll, I'll pass the torch to you and you, uh, you know, you bring our, our guests into the lab. Yeah, this is one of my boys from, you know, in high school. We didn't really talk much in high school, but, you know, we said what's up you know did our thing we we hooped together we played some ball and man what he's done with social media and just blowing up his page has kind of been crazy because not too many like everyone wants to get in that social media space and and do something with it and and build content but really what he's done with his page and the way that he edits his videos and what he does and the work that he puts in it's not just putting out videos and just uploading them like he's behind the scenes he's doing his aau stuff he's doing his like i'm sure he does everything like i don't think this guy is like having other people do his stuff he'll let us know but that boy tyler hoop diamonds i mean get in here bro welcome to the lab my guy what's going on guys i appreciate you guys having what up yes sir thank you for being on man for sure Uh, yeah so um you know just a little bit uh, about myself and and hoop diamonds uh it's a a page slash brand that I had uh, started back in 2013. So I think actually this last October that just passed was uh, year nine. So uh, basically just, uh, you know, when people ask me how I, I came about starting everything, it just was rooted in the fact that I had a love and a passion for the game of basketball. And, um, you know, at a point, the, the ball stops bouncing as, you know, as they say, and for me, it stopped bouncing a lot earlier than most. You know, I, I had aspirations to play in college and NBA and whatnot. You know, when you're a kid, you know, you're a little more naive to those things. But, you know, reality set in, uh, I'd say about like, obviously towards the end of high school, but then freshman year of uh, college, uh, I was up in uh, Orlando at Valencia and just kind of realized that, you know, I was a big fan of Ball is Life, Hoop Mixtape, The Area's Finest, like some of the OG channels that do a lot of the same things that I do. And just kind of realized that no one was really shedding any light to the talent that we had down here in South Florida. Um, obviously, we're you know a well-known football state, but we also do produce and have produced a lot of great talent uh, on the basketball court as well. So after that year, I decided I didn't want to be in Orlando anymore. I wanted to get back home to, to South Florida and just kind of picked up a camera and, and started 
started the journey that has led me to, you know, where I am today. It, it started at, you know, the, the real small AAU level and local high school. And it's kind of, you know, grown and snowballed into something a little bit bigger, but just, uh, like I said, I'm happy to be here and, and chop it up about basketball with you guys. Hell yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm definitely glad you got on. Like, like I said, like we've been trying to get you on for a while cause we want to do a preview of the season, but it's cool now. Cause like we, we got a little bit more knowledge of what's really going on and kind of how this season works. When, um, when you wanted to start the page, like, was it because of you wanted to be do more NBA stuff or was it more because how you were saying you wanted to show out how like the culture is down in South Florida and how we have something down here for, for hoops? Because I know you have your AAU stuff and I, I actually like that more than, than the NBA yeah. stuff. I'll be honest, because that's that's more raw to me. Yeah, so it's kind of a combination of those things, like you said, uh, definitely want to shed light to to South Florida because it's obviously where I'm, I'm from and born and raised. And I knew uh, a lot of guys who I played with or seen play where I was like, damn, you know, I feel like he should be here. And and really, he never got that opportunity. And funny enough, a lot of them go on to play, you know, Division One uh, football. And a lot of them are now actually in the league who were both, you know, fantastic football players and basketball players. But there's just there wasn't a lot of, you know, basketball culture. So I wanted to kind of spearhead that down here. And um, I'd like to think I have. I think it's it's grown uh, tremendously since getting involved in 2013. But, yeah, I, I think I also had a huge passion growing up with just the grassroots and high school scene itself. Like I was that kid who would go up to uh, Orlando where uh, – back in the day a lot of the national stuff was just under one roof at what was right called the milk house now it's i think changed a million different times with sponsors but that's where all the different you know aau stuff would happen and I, I would go up there my team would lose in the pool play and then i'd stick around for the last you know three days just watching it progressively you know weed out you know not you know bad players but you start seeing the cream of the crop and you know i just kind of got a, a bug and i was like man i'm i'm in love with this world and this culture and i started following rankings and things like that so i've always kind of been uh interested in that stuff and then obviously now that i've built up a platform i want to use that to shed light on guys who i think might be overlooked and, and might not be given the the credit that they're that i feel they deserve and that's kind of the whole hoop diamonds aspect of it finding that diamond in the rough but i do enjoy doing the you know the nba stuff and and working with the guys who i've seen kind of come up but uh, I'll always have, you know, a, a little bit of me that wants to stay in that, that grassroots space for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when you when you wanted to start this whole thing, because I'm interested in how it started, because I look at your page now. Same here. That was going to be my I, first I, question. I I'm always interested like, in going back. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, that's Tyler. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I didn't even know at first. I was like, damn. All right, my boy making yeah. moves. Like, was it more of a, like, you wanted to, you just love taking videos and you just love the game? Did you just build up a bunch of stuff as far as like content wise and like keep it in a folder yeah. and then just start uploading it. Or did you just upload everything all at once? I was just going to be very honest. It was like you said, kind of pairing my love with, with, with basketball and, and coupling that with a newfound love of, you know, being a creative and, and getting a camera. Um, I, I remember it was a Canon rebel T3. I just kind of a base level, uh, mirrorless camera. I think the highest setting they had was a 720. It wasn't even a 1080p <laughs> camera. Wow. So I, I was rocking with that. And um, yeah, just kind of thought of the concept again of this this diamond in the rough and, and wanting to roll with that and started branding it and 
you know, never went the the personal brand route. I think that was a, a distinction that I made early on, where it's like I could, I could, you know, create a personal brand, which um, at times I've struggled with. I feel like at times I probably should have done that along the way, but I just was mm. ten toes down into building the brand of Hoop Diamond. So I was, you know, created a YouTube channel uh, before the Instagram page because I, I forget when Instagram started doing um, video. I was on there when it was just photos too. And right, then obviously yeah. when video came around, that changed the game. And then at that point, anything that had a video uh, capability, I was just pumping shit out. So, yeah, just fusing the the creative side that I that I think I am pretty good at, and, and fusing my knowledge of the game, and just trying to create. You know, back back in the day, there was such an emphasis on mixtapes. So it was three things: mm. it was the basketball, the the videography, and then you would throw your your mixing touch with music. And I still like to do that every once in a while, but. Um, those have kind of gone up and down as far as what the viewers want to see. I think there was a huge era when we were in school uh, to see that in, on YouTube. And now you see that right. more predominantly on uh, Instagram. So it's just kind of interesting to see how all these platforms have evolved and where content lives. You, you do so, everything yourself? Yeah. Nice. No, that's good to know because that was probably one thing I probably would have got to uh, is it's a, it's a lot of content. And I'm realizing, uh, you know, me and Fort go back and forth with, you know, how we do our content on our page. And I'll always mm-hmm. say we don't do enough. And even if we did more, I'd be like, damn, it's, it's really time consuming. And it, uh, it, it'll be hard to do a full time job and do that at the same time. Um, real quickly, now that I now that that point's bringing up, how do you. Um, maybe uh, people out there trying to own a uh, that have a business that are trying to create content that they feel they don't have enough time, or uh, people mm-hmm. that are f- trying to become full time creators. Because I'm looking right now, you have seven thousand eight eighty one posts, three hundred sixty six k followers. You've been uh, on Instagram. I think it, I looked it up, uh, two thousand thirteen. So how do you delegate time to yourself and and do you have another job and how do you how do you figure that that time management to make sure you're doing you know both ends yeah i mean it's it's definitely a a balance that is is tough um so thankfully when i started i was i was 19 years old and i was uh i transferred back down to fau and uh two weeks in i was in like a music appreciation class and i was just kind of like i don't know what i'm doing so I was in a unique situation where I was living at home. I was going to school and I basically said, Hey Ma, you know, just give me a year, give me a gap year. Let me just, you know, get a proof of concept. And she was like, all right, if you can show me that this is going to go in, in a direction where you could potentially make this your job and your, your career, I'll support it. And I, and I'm very blessed to have a mom who is willing to do that. You know, not everyone can, can say that. Um, but as far as, like you said, time management and, and what it takes to make that, uh, become a, a full-time thing is just consistency. Um, I'm not the best time manager, but at that time when I just decided to pour everything I had into that, um, it just became an addiction. You know, it became everything you did, you know, morning to, to night. And, you know, again, my time management, my work-life balance uh, definitely suffered. I'd say in those first four or five years when you're just literally trying to, you know, bring something out of, you know, make something out of nothing and, and breathe life into a brand that doesn't even exist in most people's eyes. Um, and after a while, you know, it, it kind of cracks you a little bit, but once you start seeing, you know, traction and you start seeing things moving in that direction, you start realizing like, okay, 
I could take a step back and, and start balancing that social family work, all that different stuff. But I, I'd say my biggest advice would be just to commit to it and, and be willing to try different things. Cause not everything's going to hit. To follow up yeah. on that real quick for it before you go is uh, that's yeah. that hits home with us because we're in that, that time where uh, if you don't know personally or whoever's listening now, maybe new listeners or watchers is uh, we've been doing podcasts now. This is our second full year, first full year of Enter the Lab. And uh, we've been seeing so much traction from going from four people involved to two, but putting more attention to it, putting more effort. You know, obviously Ford's got a full-time job. I kind of have a lot of different things going on, but the attention and the quality is there. So um, just knowing, and, and the, and the, and the word that I heard was consistency is uh, yeah. we always talk about it on this podcast, no matter what is sure. we agreed that if we're going to do a podcast together, we can't be that podcast that goes, all right, we're going to do a podcast every Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. You know what? Mm -hmm. Maybe once a month it's, Hey, if you go to work for Monday through Friday, this isn't a job. I get that. So we don't want it to interfere with real life issues. But mm -hmm. if we have a passion, if you have something you want to do, I told Fort, we got to make it that we do. We, we say we're going to do this every single Monday or whatever it is. And we do it. And unless there's a life situation where you can't do it, understandable, but mm -hmm. uh, being tired or being not in the mood is no excuse. Cause that you're not going to yeah. see a result from that. So I, that stuck out to me. And I, I appreciate that. Cause I love to keep on hearing that shit. Um, yeah. in the world of business and marketing and creation. Absolutely. No, I just, I mean, to triple down, it's just, if you, if you want something that isn't currently your job to be your job, you have to treat it like it's your job before it, you know? So I a hundred percent agree. It's like, you know, the, uh, the boss of a nine to five is going to expect you to be there no matter what. And if you don't treat yourself or hold yourself to that same standard, it, it will never, you know, get to that point. So consistency, you know, is king in, in my opinion. For sure. So. Yeah. I think the reason why I like your, your AAU stuff so much is because you're there before these kids get a chance to either go to like a big D one school, maybe make it to the league. I know you got a good relationship with Colin Sexton. That's, that's awesome to see. Is there any yeah. other like players that you've like built a relationship with? If you can talk about, it, I don't know if you can, or if, if you don't. Yeah. It's all good, but anyone no, that absolutely. like stands out to you or that you've seen like the progress is is crazy. Like they've gotten so much better just from you, or not from you watching them, but in your time mm -hmm. doing it. You've been doing it shit for a decade now, so yeah, you're 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 um, up there all the time. Yeah, I'd say the the three I have the the best relationship with and have have seen over the years uh, would be Colin Sexton, uh, Scotty Barnes, and Trey Mann with the Thunder. Um, Colin, I you know, I'm, if you've been following, which it sounds like you have, you know, I, I ran into him later. So I didn't see him, you know, from eighth grade or from like early high school. He was a very unique situation where he just kind of blew up his junior year going into his senior year, at least nationally. Uh, he was, right. you know, pretty well known in Alabama, or not Alabama, uh, Atlanta, and um, was, was making noise, but just hadn't really broken through and, and made the rankings and, and wasn't getting that national spotlight, but he was playing on a, on a huge platform uh, with the Nike EYBL, which is uh, arguably, you know, the NBA of grassroots basketball. It's just loaded with talent. And um, he was putting up numbers and 
just basically, you know, launched into the scene in a huge way. And that was kind of how I came across him. Um, but with Scotty and, and Trey, I actually, they're, they're two Florida guys. So Scotty's from West Palm Beach. Um, I actually came across him from uh, a trainer that I was working with and, and still work with today, uh, Mike Souza. And he was like, you know, hey, you got to check this kid out. You know, he's, he's an eighth grader. He's at Roosevelt. And at first I was like, man, I went to Don Estridge, so I don't really fuck with Roosevelt. So I'm not, I'm not going to check them out, but um, no. Nah, so obviously Roosevelt was a, was a huge you know, program in middle school who, you know, we went back and forth with every year with uh, the championship. So I, I went up there, he was actually playing a, a county championship game against Congress and it was just unbelievable. You know, he was obviously six, five, he was towering over guys, but I, I made a video and I was like, he's going to be special because what he was doing wasn't just being six, five back to the basket, give me the ball, lay it up. Like he was dribbling the ball. He was handling it. He was getting guys open. He was doing the same shit that he's doing today, you know, at that young age. And after that, I was like, all I needed to see. So I, I saw him progress from eighth all the way up to now. And then Trey was someone who I came across. Um, he's up in a, uh, what they call the villages he's right by Gainesville and he actually ended up going to Florida but I was up there in uh Orlando at uh each one teach one tryout which is one of the best Nike programs uh here in Florida also in the UYBL and I was actually there I forgot what the year was but I was there filming the 16 under and 17 under tryouts and he was actually just there shooting around and after the tryouts the uh, director uh coach Reese came up to me he's like hey this is gonna be the next one and he was like a scrawny little kid but like could clearly shoot the lights out you know obviously was in there working when you know all his age group kids were probably home playing video games he was there at the tryout that he wasn't even supposed to be at and he he made me interview him and he was like yeah this is gonna be the next one so I interviewed him uh met him that day and you know very similar to Scott he kind of saw him at different events and made a point to get up there to uh the villages for his senior year and just you know, over time, you kind of build up some relationships uh, with these guys, and it's been really cool to see the growth and to see where they've gone. I was almost rooting for Scotty Barnes in the uh, in the summer for uh, KD trade, so that would have been interesting to have this uh, this episode and be like, oh, I know all about Scotty Barnes now because for a second there, I was I was starting to look into him, but I was like, you know what? Let let's not drive myself crazy over. Uh, potential trades because I knew that KD thing wasn't going to last a day, a yeah. week, or even a month. I knew it was going to go on for some time. And uh, Scotty mm -hmm. Barnes was probably the closest uh, becoming a net. And uh, I, I yeah. would have been excited for that because he is, man, he's, uh, as we say on this podcast, he's got the length, he's got the girth. You know, he's got, he's got a little, he's got a little bit of everything that you want, athleticism, defense, and now, yep. you know, uh, offense is going to uh, develop over the years, but to be in Toronto, I think he got drafted by a right team, you know, the right organization and coaching staff for the, him to become an all-star, maybe not this year, second year, but definitely mm -hmm. in the future, I could see that being, uh, him being that one of those freak athletes. No, for, for sure. sure. And I would definitely say, and I agree with you in, in your excitement where if KD were to go, I mean, that's a guy you would want to be replacing him. Obviously, young, uh, got him on a rookie deal with tremendous upside. You, ne you never want to see arguably the greatest scorer in basketball leave your team. But if you're going to have someone, you know, come in and replace him, I think he would have been a, a great candidate. 
Yes, sir. Go ahead, I mean, that's 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 a great segue, kind of like you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's get a little bit into the cream of the crop, a little NBA yeah. talk. Just you know, seasons like nine, ten games in. Um, mm-hmm. My Heat ain't doing so well, but it's it's all right. We we seem Tyler, are you slow. Heat as well? Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Okay, uh, just want to make sure we like, know where our alliances are. You know. Yeah, no. If you ask me, like, who's who's my team? Obviously, it would still be the Heat. You know that dates all the way back to the 06 championship but as i've been in it you know i've started to kind of take that approach of just supporting guys that you know either i like or you know have, have built up yeah. a relationship with but my, my team would definitely still be the heat and um yeah not not loving the start we're getting off to but um nobody does we, uh, of the I, top I teams we, made enough. we didn't we didn't make enough moves i think there were some moves to be made and we kind of just For ran sure. it back and we'll see yeah, no, nah, it's it's whatever. I'm I'm not too worried about it. I still I we'll make the playoffs and then we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, kind of yeah. just I mean, I wanted to get into what's what's really like stood out to you so far in the young season. For me, it's it's really been Luca, Luca, and just Paolo, Paolo man. He's he's hooping. He's he's doing crazy mm-hmm. stuff. One of our boys is is a huge Magic fan, so he's that's all he's, he's talking excited, about man. right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Luca, Luca, man, he's. I think it's his MVP season. Uh, yeah, same here. It's it's his to lose. Um, I don't, I don't know about you. That's and the Bucks are undefeated. They haven't lost yet. And just the Western Conference, man, it's it's all over the place. So there's, I feel like every yeah. year with with the NBA, it's it's always like this, and it's just that's why it's the best league in sports. Mm-hmm. No, I I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think you're, you're onto something with Luca because. You know the, the numbers he's putting up to start the year is pretty insane. Thirty six, I mean, nine, I mean, and eight and a half. Yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy. I just the, the only thing that concerns me with that is like a, another team who didn't really improve in, in the off season with getting guys and it's around, if anything they lost. You know, with with Brunson going to the Knicks, so mm-hmm. we're gonna be loving you know watching Luca have to do what he's been doing but I just I don't know if that's going to translate into them being that competitive not that that's had any effect on winning the award uh in the past obviously you've had like you know Russ and, and some other guys but he, he he's obviously a, a special talent and I and I can't wait to see him continue to to develop my my biggest thing with him is he's doing all this shit and he's not even in the greatest shape like he's he could right right improve. like he could take certain yeah. things serious and maybe even take a whole nother leap up so yeah it's scary to see scary. what he's doing right now <laughs> yeah that would definitely be scary the way the way i look at the mvp race and i think uh we talked about this uh previously on the pod is um you know it's like uh mvp for dummies for me it's like you look at a a player's per per and mm-hmm. that's usually the the telltale sign of who's gonna win the mvp i think i tracked it back i think i went back to even um, before Harden won it, uh, maybe uh, Curry, the Curry era that he had those MVPs, and basically everybody who was leading the league that was qualified uh, for Per won the MVP. Obviously, Doncic right now is at thirty six point eight four, Giannis thirty three, and then damn, now you got you got a SGA at twenty eight. But there's a little bit of a drop off. So yeah, I know it's early. Yeah, it's a drop off for sure. Uh, it looks like it's Doncic, you know, and you don't see mm-hmm. as long as he remains healthy, you don't see him going down in that. He's only gonna yeah. either stay the same or get better. Uh, yeah, 
damn, the NBA is is off to a wild start on the court. What have you, you know, speaking of obviously team wise, Miami mm-hmm. Heat, I'm looking at are four and six. The Brooklyn Nets, my Nets, four and six. Philly, four and six. Lose Harden for a month. Um, I know yeah. uh, Fort mentioned the good teams, but the other side of that is Cleveland Cavs, eight and one, which, man. Uh, we did the trade for the Harden deal and all that, and Jared Allen, Karis Levert are my boys. I, I I will continue to follow them, but you got mm-hmm. some teams in the on the and bottom. They just got the Garland East, back too, and <laughs> they just right, and they just got better. They got three people that could be point guards, shooting guards, and small forwards. Well, Garland's more yeah. of a small forward point guard, but they could all handle the rock. They could all shoot it well. They could all play make. And then in the the West, obviously you got Phoenix. That's up. Utah, that's a surprise, eight and three. Um, and then at the bottom, LA Lakers, Golden State. So just talk to me as a, a pure fan of of, of NBA. What, yeah. what do you accredit maybe the slow starts? Because I haven't seen a slow start like this in a really long time. So what I'm going to say is I think, and this isn't a, a totally original take, It's it's kind of just been accruing over the last week, but – I think we're kind of seeing a changing of the guard in, in the NBA. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of guys who are still obviously tremendous talents and, and superstars. You got KD, LeBron, somehow still managing to, to put up the stat lines he does and, and make the impact he does. But, you know, I think there's so much talent in the league right now that you can't, you really can't count anybody out. And, and as, as crazy as that sounds, especially when you've got uh, a narrative kind of placed on a team right out the gate and, and not for no, no reason at all. There, there's obviously huge incentive with um, Victor coming into the draft. I think this next draft class is going to be pretty, pretty loaded. Um, but it's hard to tell a team to just, you know, roll over. And, and when you've got a, a good nucleus of, of competent players, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm talking about the jazz now, um, who come from teams and, and have experience while still young, you know, just telling them to, to fold and roll over. A lot of those guys are, are, are uber competitive. And it's one thing to have that maybe be the sentiment in your organization. But what you see on the floor is, you know, guys who, who go out there and don't like to lose. And I think that goes all the way down the list. I mean, you got, like you said, SGA putting up great uh, numbers with the Thunder. I don't really know if their record right now reflects it, but like, that's a young team that's just built through the draft that I feel like could potentially win on any night. So four and five. So they're not bad. Yeah. Okay. So that's not too bad. Um, but yeah, so the slow starts uh, to the, the typically, you know, the, the ones you would anticipate to come out hot, you know, I think that just chalks up to finally maybe having that, that age and, and obviously dysfunction plays into it too. I'm as a Nets fan, I'm sure you're, you realize you're 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 watching both basketball Absolutely. and a reality TV show at this point. <laughs> Dog, but, um, it's crazy. Kim Kardashian, the Kardashians, and and sports uh, is not a mix that I want to put together, but it is yeah. literally that. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, it, it, it does draw eyeballs to the sport, whether it's uh, you know a positive or a negative way. But the the fact that they're constantly in news cycles and headlines like it just continues to build up um the the brand and awareness of the nba uh that's a whole other topic that i won't even go down but yeah i just i just think there's so much talent in the league that all those top dogs and and guys that you would anticipate just coming out to a hot start are maybe 
taken aback and they're like, oh shit, like I'm going to step on a court with a, a team full of young guys that actually, you know, are going to come at me. You know, like you said, Paolo down in Orlando already looks like a vet. Like he's playing like a vet in his rookie year, his first 10 games. It doesn't really reflect, reflect in their, in their record, but you, you just look at every single game and you, you really can't take it lightly. Yeah. I mean that, that change in the guard right there, that was, that stuck with me right now. Cause immediately, as you said that I looked up, uh, you know, NBA players under 25 and like, shit, you got Luca, like we talked about Tatum still under mm-hmm. 25, Ja, Zion, Trey Young. Booker's got to be there. Yeah. Booker, Scotty Barnes, Garland, LaMelo, Kay Cunningham. Damn. Like these are like players too, that aren't getting that national recognition either because they play in like smaller markets. Like Kay's like, Kay's a fucking hooper. Like this dude mm-hmm. is doing that shit like every single night. And like, cause he plays on Detroit or, Mel- or yep. LaMelo cause he plays on Charlotte. Like, they're not getting the national televised games, but like, which they yeah. won't, or they, that, you know, Detroit, honestly, let's, you know, if we're being uh business savvy, don't deserve, um, you know, based on the last, what, eight years, yeah. 10 years. So they don't deserve to be on national TV, but guess what? If that team starts winning or getting close to the playoffs and Cade is doing what he's projected to do, mm-hmm. he'll get, he'll get the same love Jaws get, and he'll get the same love that all these other young hoopers are. But man, yeah. the names you just listed off for it. This is this league. This league is the because he's been hurt. Like, I bro, this league is the best. This league like, is awesome. He's so good. I'm telling you, like, and obviously I have a, a different level of like knowing who's coming into the league, but it's only going to get better. And I, I, I'm right. telling you that class that you know you mentioned, Cade and Scotty, like that class alone, 2020, you know, Jalen Green, um, who I've certain thoughts on. I don't yeah, know if he's going to be the same guy that people anticipated, but there's just so much talent in the league currently and, and on its way in um, that, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a who's who. And I, and I would, I would like the NBA to maybe start leaning into those. Cause to your point in the past, you know, what, what does Detroit uh, have to show for as far as deserving one of those national games? But mm-hmm. if they maybe leaned into like, Hey, Cade versus Scotty, you know, a Detroit versus the Raptors. It doesn't sound sexy, but you could build up a storyline where those two kids yep. went to Montverde Academy together. And they mm, went, there you go. Uh, I think Cade went, what, one? And then Scotty, four. So, like, top five picks. And you could just start getting creative with getting some of these young guys out. You market that right a week before and do it every other day on whether it's ESPN, TNT. You could yep. get more eyeballs on it for sure that's a good point and it doesn't have to be your your headline game it doesn't have to be your prime prime time game but doing something like that to just continue to bolster the youth who yeah. hoop heads you know really really know but maybe the the casual fan doesn't quite know and then then and then maybe one with- of them hoops out like balls out in that game and next thing you know you have something that like whoever came up with that idea whether it was an intern or somebody like <laughs> you look like a genius right now for putting that on 7 p.m on a Tuesday yeah. or Thursday. That's all yeah, it takes, man. Sure. So, yeah, I just – I think it, the, the the thread here is that the, the league's in good hands, you know, even with the LeBrons and, and CB3s and KDs potentially being on their way out here in the next couple of years. There's just – there's so much talent. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm glad you brought up, like, talent coming in, and I kind of just want to sidebar this into it, and we'll get into, mm-hmm. like, predictions and all that kind of shit later on. I saw I kind of looked at your video saying why you think Scoot Henderson is is a better pick mm, than, than yeah. Victor. Great and, debate. Yeah, that's that's a hot topic. And like me, like it's hard. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me because I, I got so much other stuff going on, like just in my yeah. personal life and like shit that I got to do that I'm not really looking that far into it. Even though like the draft is like coming up in April or mm-hmm. whenever it is nowadays, June. Um, why do you say that? What, how, what makes you bring that up? Because you're one of the only people I'm, I'm hearing say that you and Ball don't stop. Okay. <laughs> and before you and before you go in and give a little background of each athlete, assuming that whoever's listening doesn't kind of know who we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, crazy. Um, Victor's doing the, some wild stuff. <laughs> the the first one, obviously, being Victor. So my knowledge and, and history and background of him is actually pretty limited. It's it's about what everyone who does follow as intently. Uh, as they know. So it's, you know, a freakish athlete. He, he's about seven. I think he's listed seven, two, but he's towering over Rudy Gobert. So he's like Shit. seven, three, seven, still four. growing probably. Yeah. And, and he's, he's a string bean. So he's definitely got some, some size to put on and, and potentially grow even more. Um, handles the rock, shoots it. Like he's basically like a, an alien that you would just create and, and make into a, a good basketball or a great basketball player. Um, yeah, make him in the lab. Exactly. It's like a, a creative player that you can't even accurately make in 2K. But um, yeah, so he, he's he's come on this onto the scene, I think, internationally in the last two years. Uh, has played with France at some of these uh, world championships, which USA goes in and dominates at all age groups. But if you just even have a good game against the USA, you might still lose by 30 or 20. But like you hold your own and you show, you know, you got some chops, you, you all of a sudden find yourself on you know, draft boards and, and start having a lot of people looking into you. So he, he falls into that category and, you know, at, on every metric, he, he passes the eye test on, you know, a, a can't miss prospect. What I said, okay, before I go in, Scoot, on the other hand, is a, an American born, you know, point guard from Atlanta. Uh, he's someone I saw play for the first time when he was a sophomore uh, over at Kell high school. And he just, in, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Colin. He reminds me of, you know, Russell Westbrook, he's just, he's a, he's a very intense, um, hardworking, you know, athletic guard who was the first in, not even his class, but I think in, in history to not finish high school and then play professionally within the States. So I made that point in the, in the video because, you know, you got LaMelo obviously did the same thing, but went over to Australia and, guys before him i don't know if you remember brandon jennings uh he was actually one of my favorite point guards ever game six coming out brandon of, jennings. Uh, of high school. <laughs> yeah and he did the same thing where he didn't finish uh school and then went over to play i forget where i think it was in spain or or one of those leagues and they were the guys kind of paving the way for doing that and then scoot did this where he joined the g league ignite team which is the nba's version of i love that um, league by the way and that team yeah, I think it's a great concept because I'm a huge believer of of guys being able to make, you know, their own decisions and not being forced, you know, to go to college if, you know, they're clear cut pros. Um, so the, the G League Night team being able to allow a kid to go over there, work with professionals, play with professionals, like get coaching uh, year round and, and, and really develop themselves to be a professional basketball player, I think it's a huge opportunity for him. So Scoot's been taking advantage of that now for a whole year, and now he's in his second year. So he's the only player who's done it twice. Um, and basically they they had Victor come over and, and play a, a doubleheader in, in Vegas, 
And the first game, while Victor played well, Scoot stole the show because they they won. You know, they got up big and he and he balled out. The second I game he got hurt. Yeah, and I was gonna say one of those games I watched live. I, I'm not sure which one it was with uh, yeah. both matchups. Yeah, so they they had a great showing, and and basically my take is I just know what I'm gonna get from Scoot. You know, I, I've seen that player come up. I've seen what he's able to do in the in the in the league. And I just think I, I like knowing what I'm going to get versus this potential that in a lot of ways, I think we've seen too many cases where it doesn't pan out. You know, I mean, Kristaps Porzingis was literally had the whole league in shambles when they're like, what are we going to do with this seven, three guy who's shooting it and, right. up, you know, bringing the ball up the court. Um, still a great player, but got hurt and, and he's not quite the same player he was before that. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys who are over seven foot who just are at risk for injury. Chet, Chet Holmgren this last year just got drafted uh, high by the by the Thunder and gets hurt in a summer league game. What was his so, injury? Was it a, a a foot or an ankle? What which one was it? Because I, I know it big guys uh, usually like break their feet. Like Kevin Durant had that. Brooke Lopez, I know, like. They just mm-hmm. tend to break their feet. It's like a thing. I don't know if that was the ankle injury or something. You try to take yeah. a charge on LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, one that, of those uh, Drew League mistake. types. <laughs> that was the first <laughs> trying, trying to do anything against LeBron in a summer league game. But there you yeah, go. I, I think it was a foot. And, and unfortunately, I think it was a what they call the Liz Frank. I'm not a doctor, but I hear Liz Frank. Yeah, and I know I've heard that part. before. Yep. Yeah, so – this is overall, I think my, my take is centered around just risk averse and, and not risk averse in the sense of, all right, well, I just don't want to draft a guy who I think is going to get hurt. But I think the alternative is actually a, a really good player. So I, I say in the video, you know, if he pans out to be exactly what people expect, I'll eat that humble pie. I'll realize that, that it's a freezing cold take. But um, I just think. In, in the past, I, I know what I'm going to get out of Scoot, and I don't think you could be looked at as making a wrong decision when you know you're going to get someone who's going to you know, contribute for you and, and add to your organization for years to come. So it, It's crazy because I love that take because when I, when I personally evaluate, and you know way more, I've been playing basketball and watching basketball a lot, but you're on that other level of, of kind of knowledge. And when I evaluate the same, I, I think of the same thing where it's like, if if you call Giannis a, a, a Greek freak, what is uh, this dude? You know what? Uh, he he's an alien. You said it great. And Scoot, where it's like, I think you get more long term from a guard, a shooting guard, or somebody that can is a hybrid. Uh, he mm-hmm. might not be sexy because he's not going to be you know marketable that much off the bat because obviously we love people that are tall, long, and and could could look like something we could never be, you yeah. know. But that six four, six five guard is that Dwayne Wade, you know. That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. Is uh, like you got that Dwayne Wade where if you have the uh, if he has the ability and he interview interviews well and he says mm-hmm. all the right things and you feel like whether he's a rookie on the team or in his 10th year, he could still be the same leader. That's the guy you take. And that's my philosophy. And I'm, uh, it's funny you said that. Cause I, when I evaluate draft guys and I'm just like putting my uh, unprofessional opinion on things, that's kind of how I look at it. It's, Hey, the long-term game, you know, I know the yeah. sexy pick. I know the, the, the marketing aspect, but who am I going to get? That's going to be uh, a team player leader. And then of course has a skill. And uh, 
man, I watched Scoot in that game where they played, what, last month? Yeah. Very entertaining game, and great job by, I think it was on ESPN, um, mm-hmm. for broadcasting that game because that's something that we need more of. We need, and I, and and they started it with the LeBron era of high school games and uh, mm-hmm. what we were all raised in. We were all 12, 13 years old, well, me, watching that. And uh, yeah. watching the the Ignite team, now that they're, quote-unquote, almost a in-between college or in-between high school, in-between professional, they need to put more games of the Ignite on ESPN or some type of circuit because I'll – there's at least four of those guys going in the first or second round. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely where they they want to go with it is is be a viable, you know, intermediary between high school and and, and the league because for so long and again, a, a topic for another day if you guys want to get back on a pod, but you know, my thoughts on the NCAA is just they've had a stranglehold on that for far too long. And even though I, I, I look at overtime as a competitor, I, I think what they're doing with their league is, is also you know revolutionary and, and giving kids an option. Um, is it the right option for, for everyone? No. But, it, you know, we can't be touting free market capitalism left, right, and center, and then limiting a, a player's ability to go make money off of their name, image, and likeness. So G League Ignite, overtime, you know, all these other routes, um, if it fits a player, his family, and, and their situation, I, I'm all for it. So, yeah, I agree. ESPN, CBS, Fox, whoever wants to pick up those TV rights deals, go for it because it, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That's definitely something that needs to be picked up and just take advantage of because it's it's right there for the picking. Mm-hmm. Kind of just going right back into NBA, um, is there – any any team or any player in specific that you're most excited to see and kind of how do you it, it's hard because the nba is so so wild and shit happens yeah. every day but is there anything that you expect to happen or like kind of what are your predictions like just going on into the season and maybe championship wise or mvp wise i'm not even going to yeah. say six man of the year but maybe like most improved player type wise that that you have an eye on or that you've been looking at for for a little bit now yeah, um, so obviously a little bit of bias here for the first one, but I think this this run that the Jazz are having might not be as as fluky as some people might think. Um, again, it's when it comes down to it, like these are professional players. You know, yes, they get paid, and in a lot of people's eyes, like that should be it. Like if your organization wants you to tank and lose for yeah, the these pros don't want to just sit there and tank and lose games. Hell no, man. No. It's just they're not most of them, not all of them, but most of them are just not wired that way. So I think you could continue to see the Jazz winning and then it would really put a lot of pressure on Ainge and and the organization. It's like, do we just roll with this and see what we can do? Do they then Mm. potentially maybe flip some of those picks that they got in the summer to, you know, tank for try to get some back (laughs) because they need some back. You get someone in a, in a disgruntled situation and, mm-hmm. and wants to win, and obviously they seem to have a, a nucleus. You know, I, I follow the guys that I film, so I watch a lot of OKC, I watch a lot of Jazz, I watch a lot of Raptors, and I'm watching the Jazz, and they just enjoy playing with each other. They they make the extra pass. They they are really locked down on defense. Um, they they have like one of the highest clutch ratings right now, so they're hitting big shots in big moments. Um, I think that could potentially be something I, I just don't know 
when you're talking about building for the future and if someone in that organization like Ainge truly loves Victor, I don't think he would allow that to happen. I think at some point, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they say <laughs> we're winning a little too much and we should get some of these guys who don't like losing out of here. Um, so maybe someone, you know, a, a few people in that, in that organization, you know, go, you know, get traded to a team that's trying to compete uh, for, for a championship uh, this year. Uh, as far as you know, early picks for the finals or like a championship contender, I think it's so tough, man. It's so tough because it's still so. I'm early. putting you on the hot seat. I'm putting you on yeah. the hot seat. Have to, got to. You're gonna enter the lab. You gotta, you know, you gotta expect some some heat. Yeah, and, and this isn't gonna be one that you like to hear, nor nor do I like saying. But I, I actually think that the Celtics will probably find themselves back, yeah. and one of the biggest things, and it was such an early, not even a take, but it was like a feeling I had, and I made a post about it. And I was like, damn, I'm like, am I drinking the Kool-Aid too early? But <laughs> I think Malcolm Brogdon. Yes, know, yes. On that he's been playing off the bench too. No, I looked yeah, it up today, yeah. actually. I'm like, he's not even getting burned. He's like, they're like almost plotting and scheming for him to like turn they up know what they're doing. week by week. Yeah, they know what they're doing. A hundred percent. Because, I mean, he's not going to come in and just take Marcus's spot. But no. he'll damn sure be a, a great presence to come off that bench. And I think he fills a lot of the voids that maybe they lacked in, in last year's finals because they, they had a great they did lack some point guard true point guard uh vibes mm -hmm. they did absolutely i mean i like peyton pritchard that's another guy i got a chance to see when he was in high school but he's not going to be the guy who yeah, you kind of look home. like you you kind of look like peyton that's what i'm saying like dude he could hoop i'll be honest every, he's, um, every time he hit a three i was like what the fuck yeah <laughs> and, and he he he's a net killer early on so anytime that boy got the 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 rock on the three-point yeah. range i early on i was like fuck this dude you know not to be whatever <laughs> but little small white dude like chucking up threes he would kill us. And I'm like, all right, somebody hit him when he does anything but shoot. Like, knock him down because yeah. he, he's he's got that heart. He's got that fight. Like uh, yeah. you know, for he's got that 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 he's a gym rat. He's a, yeah. he's got yeah. the high motor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I love that Celtics pick. I'm not even gonna hate, man. I I can't because like they just went to the finals. They they played against a Warriors team, like their season, their veterans, yeah. they've been there before. But mm -hmm. now you have Tatum, who's a fucking dog. You got Jalen Brown, who's a fucking dog. dog. And they got a taste of that shit, and they did They got a it. team of dogs. They, yeah. they, they want that shit back, bro. Like, Hell yeah. That, that's something to consider. So, hey, I'm, I love Tatum. I just wish he was on any other team besides right. the Celtics. For real. <laughs> it's hard to, to like and appreciate someone's game when they're on a team that you despise. But he's just – he's someone that you have to. And I totally agree with what you said, like, I mentioned Brogdon earlier because he's the the addition, but like the core still is just the fact that you have two guys who are entering their prime. Like you know, maybe yeah. not even there yet. They they might still have another two levels to go up. But you know, those two, like you said, getting a taste of the finals, getting a taste of what it is to be on that stage. You're gonna see them, if not every year, every other year. Like they're gonna be consistently vying for that spot if they stay together. But yeah, sure. I would say the Celtics are definitely probably the team to beat. Um, and then also, I guess the other one that I would give a nod to is, is the Cavs. I think the Cavs are for real um, as much as um, there's a little bit of bittersweet there because uh, having been with Colin in that situation and him 
basically making something out of nothing for for so many years to see him not get the to experience that with them uh is a little uh bittersweet like i said but the fact that they made a deal for a guy like donovan who's playing out of his mind and paired him with a guy like dg um who i think is also incredible they they have the tools to to be really successful this year um obviously it's with anything with any championship run it comes down to just some luck and not getting hurt and not mm -hmm. dealing with injuries but i think you know they're going to be a really really competitive team as well the west i'm going to be very honest i haven't watched a whole lot i know portland's playing tremendous but i haven't seen a lot of their games firsthand um a guy i filmed from orlando anthony simons is starting to step He's up nasty and, yeah He's what nasty. a come up he had last season huh yeah, yeah. jesus uh, the whole CJ trade, I think, was literally just to clear the path for his ascension. Yeah, hundred percent. You have three guys that could not do similar aspects, but are kind of tied into that. All right, we could do without one, and they figure mm -hmm. take Anthony. He could, you know, he's uh at the time low budget. You know, now yeah. he's gonna you know making that money, but they definitely yep. made not the. I, I think they made the right decision where it's like, hey. Uh, we've seen what the other two had to do. Let's see what the this two can do together. And I think they made yeah. the right decision. But, man, uh, that's another guy we forgot to mention that's below yeah, the age of 22, crazy. 23. Yeah. Hooper. Yeah. But you're 100% correct. I think in a lot of ways it's like in a lot of teams and, and combinations of players have gone through the same thing where it's like how many times can you continuously run it back? You know, the Jazz – Speaking of the Jazz again, but Donovan, yeah, you know, Rudy, all those guys, Rudy, yeah, they all know. knew it was time. Yeah, it, it's just after a while you realize that that's just that's the maximal, you know, maximum of this this team, and we got to just go go a different route. And I think that is definitely the, the same thing with with Dame and CJ. They were they were great together. I think there was a lot of good years there, but uh, they made the conscious decision to say we're going to roll with Anthony. Yeah. Cool. No, I was going to say, before we wrap this up, um, mm -hmm. first of all, great conversation, great vibes. Thanks, um, Thank you so much. To the point where it, we're, we're about 45, 50 minutes in, and there's so much more that I wanted to get into. And uh, yeah. I think hoops is one of the things that all three of us, uh, especially me and Fort, can dive into, whether it's on the court, off the court, or just like little nuances and we have yet to talk hoops on this podcast and to the lab even dating back to last season that we've really okay. gone into detail like this so we appreciate you for allowing us to do that and and thank you for uh you know showing your expertise in that and um you know obviously this is a time at the end of your time here in the lab is promote anything you got going on uh now anything going on in the future or or whatever you want our viewers or your listeners and viewers want to hear right now definitely no no first i definitely want to you know say thank you guys again for having me um definitely down to chop it up and, and talk hoops whenever so we could definitely do this again if you guys Please, want run it back um but yeah i mean i just go subscribe on youtube uh check out my channel my instagram pages i, I got some things in the works uh we got high school coming up around the corner obviously we're right in the middle of nba season so lots of content for that uh, i'm going to be doing a little bit more on camera stuff uh, it's been something i've been wanting to do more of uh, in the past but kind of just getting constrained with travel and covid and everything but gonna start you know doing 
more diverse content than I have in the past on the channel. So I'm excited about that. And then I also have, uh, I believe, a Snapchat show should be in the next week or two uh, coming out. I don't know if anyone's on Snap anymore, but it's been an opportunity that's uh, <laughs> came up and uh, I'm excited to get that rolling too. But uh, other than that, again, just thank you guys. No, I mean, hey, it, it doesn't matter what avenue it is. You got to you got to get it, man. Like I yeah. still use Snap every now and then. Who cares, man? But that's hey, the thing. thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought ahead, it was dead, ahead. but apparently it's not. So I'm going to I'm going to No, it's not. People people I don't scroll through the um the feed of Snapchat as often as most people, but I know there's people out there that Go through the same thing. I heard somebody yeah. say, "Hey, it was on ESPN Snapchat." I'm like, "Oh shit, I don't even go on that." Yeah. But I think I clicked on it maybe once. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're bored. You're just, you know, just going through social media, whatever it is. But uh, hey, uh, yeah. you got to put on every platform because you could hit that target audience. So uh, I learned yeah. a lot from this uh, this session of content and creator, and uh, we appreciate you for for sharing that knowledge for us and also the people that are listening and watching um, that probably have businesses and maybe have other aspirations such as yourself once did and in what nine years eight years been able to do that thing yeah no but again i appreciate you guys having me if you ever hey, want hey, to real quick home, real quick know. breaking news breaking news uh -oh. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard signed with Taiwanese pro team, Taoyang Leopards. <laughs> <laughs> Are you for real? I'm dead ass. Oh, <laughs> no. Hey, Tyler, man. I, uh, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you coming on, entering the lab, kicking it with us, man. It's, this is not going to be the only time. We'll, we'll, you'll be back again for sure. No doubt. I'll see you guys, all right? Tyler, yes, Hoop Diamonds, enter the lab, exit the lab. Peace, brother. See you. Have a good one, guys. Bro. Yes, sir. That was awesome. Great episode. Man. I love great vibe. People and fucking just talking about their expertise and just getting to know them more. And like, I, I've known him since high school, but like, we really haven't like talked like that. Mm -hmm. So just like having him back on and, you know, talking about something that, you know, we share a passion and we all love is, is just, is just great. Like it's, I can't there's a few times where it's like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the time I'm like oh shit 40, 40 yeah, yeah, minutes yeah. went by you know you don't right. want to keep somebody too too long or or too short but I knew we were getting to the too long part and I was like damn we gotta we gotta wrap this up and I'm like I had I was just freestyling three other questions and I know obviously with you it's like all right so we're ten games in we're gonna have to do like a post maybe an all star post. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, after all star, just to kind of yeah. recap, because that's when it kicks, that's when it gets hot. After yes. All -Star break. And then yeah. the kind of maybe an end of the season, maybe pre. So we have, um, you know, enter the lab. We have the court stuff. We didn't that's really what I mean. the off the court stuff. That and, we uh, I think that'll build. I didn't know him personally to, to get into the, the off the court. I don't want to, you know, put him in situations that he doesn't want to be a part of. So right, right. that's what we do. You know, that's, you yeah. know, if there's a controversy, uh, let it let it be up to us, and that's where we're gonna get into. So, before we wrap up episode forty-eight, let's get into some controversy. Let's get into Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving. Oh, let's go! He I had can't do, at, can't do shit. Free my boy. At first, he uh, since we we talked about it last uh, last week. There, the Brooklyn Nets are about to play uh, against Luca and the Mavericks in about five minutes. Um, where we left off last. I try to keep notes on the podcast was they demanded him and I'm saying demand they most likely forced him to pay $500,000 which to a Jewish 
entity, which they did not accept, it turns out. Um, and then the Nets and the Nets wind up fucking suspending homie for so five games and said it's a minimum, at least five games. And they had stipulations. Let me read the stipulations because whether you were on the side a week ago, whether it was right or wrong, I think it's gotten to the point where I think we're not talking about whether Kyrie was right or wrong with what he tweeted, what he said, what he didn't say. I think we've gotten to the point. Hold on. What he retweeted. You're right. He kind of didn't really say anything. What he retweeted. Yeah, and that's and that's the real conversation, right? So, according to Shams sources, and this was uh, we're recording this on Monday. This was on Saturday evening. Sources: Nets have delivered Kyrie Irving six items he must complete to return to the team. One: apologize slash condemn movie that he retweeted, which he basically has. According to most people, he hasn't done it like they would want, which is another whole conversation because it's like, how do you want somebody to apologize how you want? Anyway, second thing, donate 500K to anti-hate causes, which he already agreed to, and then that um, entity declined it or refused it. Third, sensitivity training. Fourth, (laughs) anti-Semitic training. Like he's, like he's fucking John Wick or something. Uh, fifth, meet with ADL Jewish leaders. You, you, I don't know what that is, and I can assume you guys can assume what it is as well. Sixth, meet with Josiah, which who's the owner of the Nets, to demonstrate understanding. So I'll go first because I'm tied to this, and I'm fed up with it all. From a Kyrie standpoint, from an organization, I'm I'm at the point where I'm blaming the organization as much as Kyrie because we're in a world where I get that you have to make sure that you're satisfying social media and you don't want people to protest. Hey, at the end of the day, look out for your employee first. I understand if an employee fucks up to the point, you need to, you know, maybe coach and talk to that employee but it seems like a lot of the times the nets are choosing whatever the public is saying and whatever that narrative is yeah whatever the nba whatever agenda the politics are involved they seem to choosing that over their own player and when you employ a player you sign a player you have relations with a player it's like you hope that the, you have their best interest first and obviously and go accordingly. Okay. It's not a role player. He's not a role player. He's not coming off the bench. He's your second best player on your fucking team. Like, I could understand if it was just like, I'm not even going to say some bum because no one in the NBA is a bum. But I can, I can understand you doing this if it was just some dude coming off the bench, like eighth, ninth man. But this is like you brought him in before KD. Like, this is the cornerstone of your franchise. And at some point, like, I don't know Kyrie. I've never met him. I've never had a conversation about with him. But how he's operated in the past and how strong-willed he is, 
he could get to the point, and there's already been tweets and rumors about it. He could get to the point where he's just like, yo, fuck this. Fuck you. I don't want to do all that. I don't need to do all that. Trade me, or I, I'm just going to retire. I'm just going to just release me. What, what's and, got me also fucked up is we're trying to paint this human being, this... I'm trying to dive it down to like he's a human being. Yeah, like being a basketball player doesn't mean you know everything because let's be honest, the most part, they're either just like every other idiot that lives next door to you or they're every other idiot living their lives. They don't they don't have an advancement. You know, they're, they're human beings that didn't go to college, are coming from a certain dynamic of life, which is no fault to their own. I'm just keeping it real where, you know, they're not privilege in certain senses is like we're, we're treating them as if they are all knowledge every they should know what to do what not to do and that's not right um the thing that got me is that first of all the things that i read out um is insane for for you to list as an organization we need you to do these six things in order to come back to the team and it came out today that the organization put out these stipulations knowing that he probably wouldn't do all six and then they could release him or be like, Hey, it wasn't us. It was him. Now we're playing a different game. Now we're playing politics. You know, we're no longer yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. We're no longer playing. And this is what people need to understand. Everybody that was all up in arms is, Oh, he fucked up. He said that wrong thing. We could probably all agree. We'll, we'll we'll find a common ground. Now we're playing a different game of politics and business where it's we're going to make him do these five or six things and if he doesn't do it, it's not on us. It's on him now. And and then we could play the oh, he's been insubordinate and look, it's not us. We've tried to do everything and I'm not for that. I I I don't I don't go for that in my personal life uh with friends or family. I don't play that game of drama or manipulation, and I feel like in uh, in sports and 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 we're talking sports. I'm not trying to get heated. I'm not trying to um, seem like a uh, like I know everything. But it's my basketball team that I've rooted for since 2001, 2002, and I've had an affiliation. I paid a, a shit ton of money in order to support whether it's going to games or as you see me in all my gear. Yeah, decked out. But it's like I have an opinion, and I and and my opinion does matter because I, I am a fan of the team, and it's gone too far. Um, it's gone too far overall. It's I get it. He fucked up. Let's say he fucked up and he did something really wrong. Now you're burying it. Now you're trying to bury him. You're trying to take away his character. This is a guy that, on his off time during the summer, away from basketball, donates a lot of money towards women basketball and this is an organization that supports women basketball uh things uh whether it's urban or or ethnic backgrounds and he donates millions of dollars per year and then you have nike coming out saying that they they won't continue his uh endorsement with nike and and his uh kyrie eights i think won't come out you've supported yeah, way more yeah. people you've supported way more people that have done far worse far worse like not only violent crimes but but things that are like real facts like criminal Kyrie hasn't done anything criminal by the way and he and he no. will never do anything criminal um all right so 
So that's my uh, last opinion because obviously we have a we've done a lot on this. I want your opinion, then we'll move on. But that's a yeah. much because if I keep going, I'm gonna talk for twenty minutes, and I don't want to do that. So okay, so all that stuff that you said that the Nets are asking Kyrie Irving to do, and I'm sure it's coming from the top. The owner definitely talking okay? coming from the top. Okay, so now let's let's just say one one thing about the owner. Okay, Joe Sy. All right. His company, Alibaba, all right, has been used, and I'm reading this off of WashingtonExaminer.com, so if you want to look it up, go ahead. Or all you got to just type is in Josai Genocide. To build an intrusive, <laughs> omnipresent surveillance state that uses emerging technologies to track individuals with greater efficiency. Efficiency. I'm, I'm a few drinks in, so I'm sorry my words. Don't mind Same. me. Um, so... In Zhejiang, China, where the CCP, China Communist Party, was committing its genocide, he maintains that there are no human rights issues in China, and he allegedly tried to get the then Houston Rockets manager Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey, fired after he supported Hong Kong dem, uh, democracy protesters against the CCP regime. So you want your employee, Kyrie Irving, who one, he didn't tweet anything himself, okay. Personally, he just retweeted something, a film, which Amazon still has on their streaming service, okay? And this is another league, but the NFL is getting billions of dollars from the NFL to stream games, and they still have this thing on their platform, but they blackballed Ka Kaepernick out of the league. Whether or not he's good or not, it doesn't matter. That's besides the point. As as an owner, bro, of, of a company, that – Look, I'm, I'm, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, it doesn't even matter. I'm going to say what I want to say because this is our podcast and I could do it. What Joe Sy is doing is much worse than fucking what Donald Sterling did. Okay? And everyone knows what fucking Donald Sterling did. We don't have to get into that and we're not going to get into that because it doesn't fucking matter. That was years ago. So, hey, look. As a leader, and not just a leader, but we can't even... Is, is it the NBA that doesn't call them owners anymore? Governors. Governors. Right. Exactly. Another thing that we can get, we can talk about. Cause Draymond Green, we're, we're, we're like word salad. Every, every right. word is demeaning according yep. to the English language. Yeah. Um, Josiah, you another need to topic. look within yourself before you ask your employees what to do. Cause yeah, sure. They're athletes and, they're players, but at the end of the day, they're employees of your business. So you're over here fucking funding a genocide, but you want your employee to do a bunch of crazy things. And like, bro, you have a right to freedom of speech. Like if it's, if it's whatever, like, okay, yeah, there might well, be. Well, that's the argument. Do you have, like, you could say whatever you want. You just got to pay for the consequences and that's freedom of speech. Yeah. Meaning like you could say some wild shit. But you have to know that that's going to serve you consequences. But also, something like that where he didn't say it, he just literally one retweet. It's like all this from one retweet, it, it doesn't pass the smell test. I, I said this a couple episodes ago. It don't pass a smell test where it's the, what is it, the, um, the, 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 the consequences does not match up to the action or the the crime. You know what I mean? They it, it just seems he's doing like, twenty five to life for something very minor. I yeah, think because this could ruin it, his career. 
Yeah, no, it, not could. It already has. Like, there's already people yes. saying wild shit. And it's just like, yo, like, you you want him to apologize. Not just apologize, but apologize and say the things that you want him to say. So you're making him do something that he was he doesn't want to do. And it's just like, how are you going to hold him to a higher standard than you hold yourself, dog? <laughs> like, that's just so stupid, bro. Like, if I'm Kyrie Irving, bro, I'm going in that front office. I'm, I'm just like, bro, I'm not going to do all that shit. Just trade me or, or release me. Because I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would take him. And with everything, the price can't be that high right now. And it sucks to say that because Kyrie Irving is one of the top 20 players in the league. Yeah. If not top 15, top 10, when he's actually on the court doing what he has to do. And we've all seen that. If you know basketball, you you know who Kyrie Irving is and you know what he brings to the table. So, like, I don't even want to talk about this shit no more because it's just so dumb, bro. Like, people are just so offended and so – and feel so sensitive and everyone feels like they have their right to just like judge other people and, and give a fuck about what other people are saying. But when someone says something about you or turns the tables on you, it's like, oh, no, I'm playing. I'm a victim now. No, shut the fuck up, bro. You shouldn't open your mouth in the first place, dog. Like, <laughs> it's just it, it. This shit's asinine to me. Shout out Stephen A. Smith, bro. Like. Same thing. with No, 100 percent. That's why we're not even talking about it no more, because it's just. There's so many other things going on in the world, and not even just the world, but going on in our states and going on in in America that we need to be worried more about than what fucking Kyrie Irving retweets. He's not even a fucking political figure. He's not like a state judge. He's not a fucking anything, bro. This man's a basketball player, and that's all he's ever been in. And his we're life. acting and like as we're not if he tweeted it, it like he's the president. It's funny. Like yeah, well, I've we seen. Were, we were killing Trump for his tweets. That we're killing NBA basketball players for it. It's like, it's wild. And now Whoopi Goldberg apparently put out a statement this morning that she's off Twitter because Elon wants to go from charging $20 to $8 for a blue check mark and then all this bullshit. Like, first of all, Whoopi, nobody cares about you. Nobody really has. Stop trying to be relevant. And then you're getting off Twitter as if everybody's going to follow you. I stand for Whoopi. This. World is crazy, bro. Yeah. This that's is wild. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing that people are fucking going crazy over about and, and and making a huge deal about Elon Musk buying Twitter and all the shit he's doing. Bro, one, he fucking bought it. So he's trying to shut. Yeah. Get off the get off the platform. You don't like it. But, but like if you buy something, you could do whatever the fuck you want with it. It's yours. You fucking bought it like he fucking bought it with cash, bro. Like he didn't finance that shit. I don't. I mean, Elon Musk got money. He's one of the richest men in the world, so I'm sure he's not. He, he didn't put Twitter on layaway, bro. <laughs> like that shit's his. So if and he he's trying to. And and in any any business decision, when you buy a business, in this point, a fucking corporation, a publicly traded company, is you change things up because obviously you bought it to change things up, and things weren't working. Right. So. It's it's normal. Like people are like, oh, he bought a company and then he fired people. That's what people that buy companies do. They get rid oh, of yeah. people. They do that even in the NBA and the NFL. A new GM comes in, everybody's gone. Why? I didn't hire you, so I don't want you around. Like it makes sense. And then people are like, oh, now he's hiring them back. 
Well, I don't know the details behind that, but if he wants to hire him back, that's his own decision. It's like it's crazy because uh, since he's bought it and since now today, as we yeah. speak, nothing's changed on the platform. Nothing's changed on the platform. Technically, everything oh, still okay. needs to go through the processes. The same. But also, this was as of four thirty-one p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Twitter user growth hits record high in first week under Elon Musk, and that's because Elon he knows what after, he's doing, Doug. After all the bots he's gotten rid of and everything he's gotten too. away from and whatever. like He's trying to know, get rid of parody accounts. Uh, Kathy Griffin got her account suspended yeah, and there was a big she, thing about that where it's like, hey, yeah. if you imitate somebody that you're not, you'll get suspended or deleted. Like, just don't they do it. How about her. that? They, war- they warned her before. It's because a lot of people out here trying to create false information. That's how you monitor it. All everybody's about not spreading false information, but nobody wants to agree that having a parody account that looks like a real account is wrong too. So it's like can't have it both ways, bro. People take this this shit. People take the wrong thing so serious. Don't forget to vote. You got till tomorrow. Um, today's Monday. I I didn't want to vote tomorrow because I have a lot of shit to do, but I'm gonna try to make it. Uh, a priority in my life. I wanted to go last week. I couldn't. I'm planning a few things. I'm doing a lot of things. Um, so I'll try to do that tomorrow. But if I'm not able to, I'm not filling, filling you up with propaganda and all this bullshit. Vote or don't vote. Whatever. It's your pro- fucking priority. Yeah, it's but so, it's so if you if, if you're one of those people that complain about things in your area that you hate, whether it's, hey. Do your part. Electric costs too much. Garbage costs too much. Over here, we got a lot of fucking poor, uh, underprivileged people walking the streets that I don't want my kids around smoking crack in the in the at the park, which I see at the basketball court that I go to. So I'm not talking far fetched. I go to I go to play hoops a few times a week, and there's some there's some meth, there's some crack, there's a piece, whatever they're doing, it's right there. And they're laying there doing it the entire time. Every time for the last two years, I've been hooping. So I'm not talking outrageous. I'm not talking crazy when I'm like, yeah, crack is being smoked at the park. No, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm literally going to play basketball by myself as a grown adult and being like, I can never bring my kids here. And I live, (laughs) I had my first conversation with the other, the buddy, uh, the other day, and he was a cool guy named Ronnie. You know, I didn't want to ask him too many questions because I don't want him no. to know about me. But you know, when I'm hooping and and shooting around, I make sure I watch where they were moving because I I don't want them to go near my bike. They try you know, to play you one on one. Nah, I'll, <laughs> I'll break ankles. B. I don't Let's know, man. That, that crackhead energy be serious. For real. All right, a few basketball points before we get into the things that we did want to prioritize in this episode. The Nets and the Nat and Nat, uh, Steve Nash uh, part ways mutually, quote unquote. He got fired. We're moving on. Right now, we have our assistant coach. That's the highest assistant coach, um, Jock Vaughn, uh, taking Ime Udoka, who got suspended from the Celtics, has been rumored. But since all this Kyrie shit went down, I don't think they're going to hire him, especially not right now. Uh, maybe next season or in. You know, whatever it is, they might, you know, when things died down, because according to them, they had people complaining and whatever. So 
Ime Udoka, we'll see. She, he had like a couple, you know, wild cases of texting and fornicating on women that he was working with. <laughs> uh, football, real quick. Dan Snyder has some dirt on the owners and Goodell. That was a few weeks ago. Now, since Snyder, the owner of the former Redskins, former football team, current commanders, is putting his team up for sale. And now they're getting federally federally investigated for their finances because a couple things been going on in that They were just waiting. They, they were just yeah. waiting, bro. The fed, couple the fed things been going waiting. on. Yeah, some some things been going on in that organization that ain't right. Uh, I heard a rumor that KD is from the DMV, which is uh, Delaware, Washington, D.C. Yeah, him, him and RG3 trying to do And Virginia, something. yeah. So they're trying to link up to Get be a part of that ownership. Uh, currently, KD owns part of the Philadelphia Union, which is in the MLS Cup, and they lost to the LA LAFC, which was a great game. It went into penalty kicks uh, this past Saturday. We were live in the lab watching football, basketball, hockey, UFC. We were, we were deep in it. You seen that snap I sent you? I did. I saw it. You had mad people in the lab. Shit, we were vibing. I'm here All for right, it. That sports, that's it. And then, okay, one thing before I get you on it is World Series, Astros won. Uh, they beat the Phillies 4-2 to two in the series. Fuck them, it's over. I'm moving on. No one's going to talk about it because nobody cares about the Astros. So Don't they're not a national team because nobody cares. They're cheaters. They were on Sports Center for like half a day. Football moves on. No one's going to talk about them. Nobody fucking cares. Good job, Astros. You cheated, and then you won it legitly, quote-unquote. We'll see in a couple of years to see what you did this year. Now, no recession confirmed, hopefully, maybe, but it doesn't even matter at the end of the yeah. day. Now, on Tuesday or Wednesday it was, I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday morning, we found out on holiday um, Halloween night, Take off from the Migos, got shot by a stray in Houston, quote-unquote, during a dice game, allegedly. Um, Mama. You know. <sighs> ice, ice, ice. Look, man, that shit, that shit's Talk sad because I, I, I woke up to it. I woke up to it. And I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and tell you that I'm the biggest – takeoff fan or I'm the biggest Migos fan. So you're not gonna LeBron I'm, James it? I'm I'm not gonna la liar this shit like La Cap. La Cap. I'm not gonna do that. But of course I've I've heard La Can't Shoot Threes. I've heard their music over the years <laughs> and everything. And you know it's it's been a staple in my playlist, whether it be at the gym, whether it be just out getting turned up for pregame or whether it be in the club, at the bar, whatever. It doesn't matter. Wherever you go, there's there's a Migos song for every Hell occasion. Yeah. And it's just it just sucks how it happened because, like, they were arguing about dice and then they were arguing about basketball. And, like, bro, once you get to a certain point in your career, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a celebrity, whether you're a fucking – rapper singer actor any it doesn't matter bro any profession when you get to a point where you're famous and people know who you are people know your face dog you just gotta stop doing stupid shit and i'm not saying that he that he was doing stupid shit but you but he was careful. in a place that he probably 
shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have been. Exactly. Obviously, hindsight. Yeah. Why are you playing dice, bro? Like, I'm not saying that's why he got, Got. you know, shot or whatever. But, bro, (laughs) like, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta be smart, man. Like, you either gotta be strapped. Whether or not the strap would have helped him in this situation, it, it w- probably matter. wouldn't have. It would have created more chaos, probably. Yeah, and it just sucks that was it. Quavo was there. Was yeah, Quavo, because yeah. uh, him and uh, Takeoff are having a little, yeah. you know, tiff. And it just sucks that he was. And there Takeoff it. is Quavo's uncle, or is it uncle, no? Yeah. Quavo's Takeoff's uncle, I think. It's crazy. Regardless, you know, there's I'm, fun. I'm not, you got a bunch yeah. of House of Dragon fucking family trees over it, here. It just sucks, bro. It just sucks because, like, there's been so many artists in the past, like, four or five years that have been taken away from us so young. This man was 28, bro. Like, he was my age. Like, like it's stupid, bro. It's, like, violence and all that kind of shit just makes no sense. Like, I mean, like, that shit, like, fucked me up because... One, he was—he's my age. He's young. I listen to his shit. I listen to his music, and I mean, it's just, bro, it's just so dumb. It's just silly. It's, it's, it's stupid. I'm not gonna say bless you because you don't tell motherfuckers bless you. So fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that's bless weird. You. That's weirdo shit. Um, yeah, it's just, bro. Like, if you if you want to have an altercation with someone, just fight. I mean, yeah, that's another kind. I mean, let's be real. That's not going to happen. But there has been a lot of uh, rappers dying over the last five years. I was going to go through the list, but you can figure it out on your own. It's a lot. It's too many, whether it's drugs, self-inflicted, which is the majority. And then the other is uh, violence, where it's uh, it's a shooting. Fucking um, Young Dolph, Mac. I mean, there was a whole list they put. And the list is like... Not irrelevant rappers. It's Just either oh, some of them are like young and upcoming, but most are coming like like in their this world. Not yeah. in their prime, but uh, got hit records. And then the others are like, you know, been in the game for a while. Like, uh, you know, damn, it's it's crazy. I went to Amigos uh, Drake concert in Miami a few years back, and we were hammered. But we had a great time. And the one thing. I remember about um, the one thing I remember about Takeoff is out of the three that were performing, he was the only one that literally sat there on like a speaker or wherever he was, and he didn't move the whole time. It was like he was doing his whole thing and didn't move. Like Quavo and Offset were moving around, whatever. He sat there. I don't know if it was for a whole hour. But out of the majority of that hour, they were like performing that, or before Drake or after, he was just chilling, and uh, that was that's my memory from him. I'm not I'm not gonna act like La Cap or La Fraud or La Liar, and say I've been no, a fan of them since 2010. But like I, I, when I first heard them, I didn't agree with it because it was way different from somebody from New York listening to rap. But once I got on them. I was like, I fuck with these dudes. They, they're together. They're family. They rap like they're entertaining, and they're consistent. And uh, for one of their members to go down sad, that's all I got to say. I, I got that. a video. I got a video on the show real quick. It's just, yep, it was ahead. funny to me because I'm a. This man did. He they were on the Breakfast Club, 
and he did he did the whole interview just straight ad libs. I don't know if you saw it, but that shit that shit was funny as fuck to me. I'm pulling it up right now. I already got it. I already got it fucking pulled up. But yeah, man, no, nah, that shit's sad. At the end of the day, like you never want to see anyone just go out or. No, you know, man. You bought her a house. Not the mom. Mm-hmm. Mama. How'd that feel about your mom's <laughs> house, man? Yeah, good. Accomplishments. But you guys support each other. Like, take off. You have the album coming. The mixtape with Yachty. Is it an album or a mixtape? Just wait on it. Just <laughs> 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 wait on it. <laughs> but take off be rapping. He even confused Nicki Minaj. The nigga said he, she didn't realize uh, he was rapping about her on motorsport. Cap. <laughs> now with the album are you paying attention to what people are saying about it he looks at the camera too yeah he knows what he's doing with culture 2 trending and everything are you looking at what people are saying just wait on it you know what I'm saying y'all just bought it <laughs> cap that's funny R.I.P. Yeah. Doug that's crazy um yeah that's sad 20 years old R.I.P. take off um, forever it's immortalized. Pointless, pointless, useless, like no reason. Like so many other things that you can do. Oh, somebody's angry at my house. I apologize for that background noise, guys. Um, I don't know what you of that you heard, but anyway, uh, music. Drake and Twenty One Savage. Have you listened to that album? <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. A few, yeah, I listened to it a few times. I mean, out of ten, out of ten, I probably give it like a six and a half out of ten, just because Drake. Man, I don't know what Drake's been on his last few albums. It just hasn't been it. Like he's got to figure whatever out. Like it's Drake though. Like people still gonna like, you know, suck his meat and be like, oh, this is the greatest album ever. Blah 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 blah. But I feel like 21 saved Drake from a lot of songs. And Drake was, Drake was just saying whatever on it. But it's still going to get plays. It's going to go platinum. They're touring. They're doing whatever soon. So I need Alvin Kamara touchdown so bad. Yeah, I didn't listen. I listened to a couple songs. Obviously, the um, real quick today, I got to listen to it during the week. And then I'll have maybe a, Daft a, Punk, an opinion on it. Did which they? a lot of people were happy about. Yeah, and uh, Circle nice. Loco. That's probably one of my favorite songs off the album, to be honest. And um, hold on, there's another one that I really like too. I'll tell you right now, uh, "On BS" was pretty good. "Circle Loco" um, and "Pussy and Millions" with Travis Scott was pretty good. Those those were the ones that like okay. stood out to me. I'll try to listen during the week. I got a lot of driving I got to do this week, so I'll uh, be doing podcasts and music and stuff. Yeah, for real, right? Um, but I heard a lot of the uh, the the art the art from the you know the album art got like some controversy of like who's the girl on the album art and all that. I don't know if yeah. you heard that on Twitter. I saw some tweets about it, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Bet. Supposedly there was a lot of like sub tweets and like things in, in the album like uh she'd be rapping but i put she a 10 but i put that shit on mute people were saying it's with uh megan the stallion like shit yeah like, megan the stallion like she people went were, off like, about it too whatever whatever like stop making stop trying to be relevant like it's a rap lyric 
relax. Yeah. Stop trying to sue over a rap lyric. Um, quick shout out for me. Um, shout out Matt Spo, our boy. His birthday Happy was birthday. on Thursday. Yep. Uh, he came over. We had a great time this weekend, vibing in the lab, like you said. Um, shout out my boy Ben, who runs the. Oop, oop, sorry, I'm pulling it up. Uh, Broward Vintage uh, on Instagram. You can follow him. It is is it Broward? Yep, Broward Vintage. He basically sells fucking thrift store vintage T-shirts. Got me this jacket, New Jersey Nets. I don't know how the fuck he keeps finding New Jersey Nets shit all the time. He's gotten me Brooklyn Nets stuff, New Jersey Nets. They're hard to come by because they're they weren't a popular team in the '90s and early 2000s as far as merch. So he keeps finding vintage. This jacket. That shit fire. That's wool on the inside. I uh I don't know what, but it's quality. Whoever had this and owned it before, didn't rock it a lot. And this jacket, if I was to sell it. It pro- I could probably sell this for a 150 easily, but I'm never going to sell it. So Hell shout no. out, Ben, for the hookup for the week. Browd Vintage on Instagram um, and his website. I have it pulled up too. Or no, on eBay, Browd Vintage. If you like his stuff, he's got 99.5 positive feedback, uh, 6,000.2K items sold, 441 followers. So Browd Vintage. Go look him up because he's hooked me up with so much shit that for free, I owe him a lot. If you can get net shit, dog, <laughs> and he finds this shit in a bin. He's like, I'm like, what? Where did you find that at? A bin. A bin in a thrift store. Yeah. Holler. Uh, great up. gift. I appreciate you. And last one. R.P. Aaron Carter. We all knew what was going to happen. We all knew. <laughs> oh, shit. On, we all bro. knew what was going to happen for years. We had an inkling. Aaron, we had an inkling. Aaron Carter, D-E-D. I'm not celebrating it. I'm just saying, hey, there's certain people in life that they go about a certain way of life. You know it's going to come quickly for them and swiftly. He died apparently in his bathtub, whatever he did. Not very important overall. Um, hopefully they have people have better things to say about me when I die, but... He was young. It sucks. Part of the game, B. You want to be popular, famous, and have a lot of money at a young age. That's the game. That's the game. As Cameron once said and paid in full, I'm not going to drop the bomb, but I'm going to say people die every day. People get shot every day, B. It's the game. What what about shout-outs from you? Shit, man. Shout out Tyler, bro. Shout out Hoop Diamonds coming up on the pod and kicking it with us for almost an hour and just talking NBA, talking his page, how he, you know, came up into the social media scene and built his, you know, profile from from zero to 100 where it's at now and hard work and dedication. And there was a lot of other things that I really wanted to get into with him and and kick it with. Right. It's not going to be. We got to have him back on. Another reason to have him back on. Yeah, it's not going to be the last time he's on. Shout out fucking Amanda Lemos, man. UFC over the weekend. It was a great fight. Amanda Lemos versus <clears throat> Marina Rodriguez. Marina number three, Amanda Lemos 
number seven, and Lemos did her thing, bro. She fucking they felt each other out first round, second round. They did a little bit more, and she fucking knocked her out standing. Brazil versus Brazil, so that was that was cool to see. She like man, like there's so much shit going on in the UFC. Like UFC doesn't disappoint. Saturday we got a fucking banger of bangers, two championship fights. Third fight on the main card or third fight before the main event is fucking Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier. Then you got Carlos Esparza and, and Wei Lee. And then main event is fucking Adesanya and Alex Perea. Those two got fucking history together. They got beef. Like, bro, like the UFC is just a gift that keeps on giving. So shout out Dana White. Yo, I need that contract, dog. Like, I'm up next, fam. Like, just, just holler at your boy, dog. Like, I'm here. I'm here. Patrick Mahomes' voice. I'm here. I'm here. You like that? You like that? Shout out out Joe Mixon, too. Five TDs. Thank God I didn't play. Shout out Kirk Cousins. You know, being like that. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Put that shit on. Put that shit on. on. (laughs) Oh, shit. What a knobby. Oh, we got an injury. Fuck. Ice. Ice Kirk. Kirk Ice. Kirk. Ice Kirk. He's got Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. Let's wrap it up. Elvis Escobar, Fort Salma, episode 48. Shout out Hoot Diamonds. Go follow them. Go watch them. He's doing his thing. He'll be back on again. Comment. Enter the lab. And do it on us too. Pause. Exit the lab. Peace. One.